Hello and welcome to Move the Line. I'm Ryan Noonan. This episode of Move the Line is brought to you by our friends at NoHouseAdvantage.com. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today. Experience the daily fantasy sports platform that is redefining the way you play because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play. Live right here, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday night leading into Thursday Night Football with my friends discussing our favorite games on the board, taking your questions as well. So if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show. Hit us with a like button. We appreciate that as well. Jump in the chat. Let us know your favorite plays for week five, sides or totals. Joined as always by my friends, Connor Allen, John Daigle. Daigle, how are we doing? Doing great. Fresh off the best bet of the weekend, which of course is the fact the Bills-Ravens game went under. That's the only <laughs> one that mattered all weekend long. But no, we're coming off a very good week as we talked about last week. Everything even seemed like it started clicking now that we're getting more data. Uh, a lot of people fall through the cracks now because they don't understand context. I think we're there now. So looking forward to this week's show as well. This is when I think we start to get really good at what we do. Um, so I'm excited about it too. Connor, Broncos are playing tonight. You're repping the uh, Broncos gear going back to your childhood fandom days. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing out the gear for tonight. Big game, big <laughs> game. But uh, no, it, it makes me happy that the Daigle considers beating me uh, pretty hard, you know, in uh, on our bet of the Ravens Bills and not smashing a 31 to one Rashad Penny hit. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'll take that as a personal win uh, and we'll move on to this week. So JD wears so many hats and he is, if you are familiar with anything going on in the four for four atmosphere, he's got his hands in a little bit of everything. He's doing a million shows. He's obviously an integral part of the betting sphere here on move the line. Doesn't hang out a lot in our betting discord, partially because he's doing so much other stuff, right? It's not a, not a knock on him. Shows up last week, decides he wants to start firing bets and just, (laughs) Walks in, hammers Rashad Penny as a 31 to 1 uh, leading rusher on Sunday. Um, doesn't even put it in there properly with any, like, the way I'm grading. He's just like, this is going to happen. You guys figure out how you want to grade it and score it, and I'm out of here. And like a total boss, it hits. We want it. Yeah. I was looking over the injury reports over uh, a, a couple of IPAs on Friday night at a bar, just sifting through. And I saw the Lions injury report once it was finalized. And I was like, Seahawks are going to win this game. Like, this doesn't make any sense why the Lions are even favored, except they're at home. And that, of course, led to game script reasons in the matchup to bet on Rashad Penny, play him heavily everywhere in DFS. He got there, of course, as well. Uh, So, yeah, we'll see if we can find uh, a nut again this week. I mean, you hit a couple of those. Apparently, you get full-time jobs in this in this space. So that's a good thing, right? Luckily, you already have one, but you can parlay that into something else bigger down the road. So good for you. You're off to a good start. All right, again, reminder, this episode of Move the Line brought to you by our friends at nohouseadvantage.com. It is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play in pick'em contests for, uh, versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. Bet up to five player props over or under or individual matchups across every major sports league. You can sign up today with our promo code 444 at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app, and first-time depositors get a match up to 50 bucks. Not bad. I want to remind you that we have two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available here to stream live on YouTube also available in podcast form wherever you consume podcasts. In addition to this game preview show on Thursday nights, move the line prop drop is live at 2 p.m. Eastern 
every Friday. Pat Mayo joins Connor and myself. Um, so you check that out in the feed, subscribe again, rate and review, thumbs up, likes, all those things go a long way and we super duper appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, let's turn the page on the first quarter of the year. I guess we're coming up on the first, I don't know, we don't do perfect quarters anymore because 17 games, but uh, week five, let's get us started. Connor, kick us off with week uh, first bet for week five. Yeah, so my first bet here, I like the Niners against the spread here, minus six and a half in most spots. Uh, I just think that right now, this 49ers defense matchup with the Panthers offense is probably the biggest mismatch of the season so far that we've seen. This Panthers offense right now, dead last in EPA, dead last in pass EPA, 31st in DVOA when adjusting for opponents. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, 49ers defense, number one in EPA, uh, great at limiting both pass and run plays uh, in terms of like big ones. So explosive pass rate, explosive run rate. Both really strong in that. And number one in pressure right now, pressure rate right now. And I think what's interesting is that they're doing that without blitzing. So they're blitzing at the fourth lowest rate in the league, but generating pressure at the highest rate in the league, 30.4%. Uh, and so, I mean, Baker's struggles are just legit. They're all over the place. Doesn't matter matter whether they're playing zone, man, pressure, not pressure. Baker's just been playing horribly, like essentially no matter the situation. Uh, and so... I would. I was originally looking like under in this game in general because I do think the Carolina's defense has some success, but the, I think that like legit a sub ten point outing from this Panthers offense is like a very meaty range of outcomes for them. And so if you're looking at this Niners Niners offense on the other side, Carolina right now might be missing their other starting safety Xavier Woods um, already down. Jeremy Chin who is out as well. Uh, so I, I think that the Niners here less than a touchdown or just the side like this could legit be like a, a seventeen to ten game or even like a seventeen to seven game. I just don't. I don't see how the, the Panthers are able to move the ball here against this Niners defense that has just been so, so good where the Panthers offense has been horrible. So I, I like the Niners here a lot at six and a half. I can't believe you even cited EPA when all you have to do is say <laughs> no quarterback from a clean pocket this year is completing less than 61% of their passes. Baker Mayfield's completing 56% of his passes from a clean pocket. That's it. The, we don't we don't even need to know their opponent. Just know it's Baker Mayfield and call it a day. There's literally a hundred stats that I like. I, I tweeted this out. It's like you look at like combine their stats using our matchups tool, and it was like the 49ers were top ten in everything, and the Panthers were bottom five in everything. I was like, this is unbelievable. I've never seen this before. Panthers are running the fewest plays per game, so they're not giving themselves out either. Uh, they moved last week DJ Moore closer to the line of scrimmage, his targets. But his ceiling is that outcome. Six catches for fifty yards. Now even Baker Mayfield has the thirty-first completion rate. Uh, within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. So it, it just nothing matters. Like this offense is the worst in the league. Uh, Matt Rule will likely be the first head coach fired probably after this game this week, honestly, if they don't win. So yeah, it's just a complete mess. It's gross. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It, it, like Daigle said, you can just drop it with Baker. It's been so bad. It's been really tough to watch. Balls being batted down at the line of scrimmage like crazy. Like I just, I don't know. I, I feel like you can get to tell yourself a story of like, all right, West Coast to East Coast on a short week. Like, none of those things really feel like they matter to me here. So, yeah, I mean, better numbers were available earlier in the week, but I still think six is probably okay. I do think that even though, you know, I typically do like to play team total unders when we get to at least 17, we're hanging out at like 14 and a half, 15 and a half here. I still think it's probably the right side. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think there's also some like alternate spreads, like getting like Niners minus nine and a half, minus 13 and a half, minus 16 and a half are all very live at like plus money. So I, I think that's like, I'll, I'll probably have some sprinkles on those as well. 
Jeremy Chin uh, injury matters too. It's an important piece for them. Uh, just changes what they can do. So yeah, uh, the only thing that would worry me there is just seeing if there's enough upside on San Fran's side. But like, yeah, it just shut out. I mean, like, yeah, under six twenty points. zero. Yeah, like I mean, things like that. I could I could see that. Um, again, I just can't see it. We'd stop with the Baker. It's probably enough of an analysis for this show. Uh, JD, your first play. I was looking over matchups Monday morning as I typically do after I chart everything overnight on Sunday for the waiver call on Monday afternoon. And I saw Titans commanders and I thought, okay, I'm going to go bet the over if it sits at 46 and a half. I looked and it was 42 and a half. I cannot believe that number. I think this total goes over 50. All you have to do is have context. Carson Wentz was literally a top six quarterback in the first two weeks, in fantasy at least, 300 yards, multiple touchdowns in both games because he played soft spots against the Jaguars and Lions. The last two weeks, Eagles-Cowboys, both teams top 10 in pressure rate, the Cowboys in particular leading the league in pressure rate. They don't need to blitz because they have the best defensive player and the entire league in Micah Parsons. And now we get this Titans defense that is an absolute disaster. Basically bottom three and every single metric across the board possible against a opposing wideouts, including 117 yards per game allowed to boundary receivers. Not only that, but the commander's defense, we know how bad they are, but also they're allowing a league-high passing touchdown percentage right now. So both sides, I think, pop off in this game. I love it for DFS going overlooked because I don't think people are noticing how bad this number is, this total. And and yeah, I genuinely think the commanders could win outright. But more importantly, I just think they're going to be points all over the place. You worry about the pace at all? No. Uh, I think we get uber efficiency in this game. Like, I I know the argument about the plays. Don't think the plays matter here because, like, giving up splash plays is what both of these defenses do. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think here, Connor? So this is one of those, like, ugly over games that, you know, you're looking at, like, two not necessarily good offenses, but, like, two legit bad defenses and then um, going over. And I think that these are – DFS, I would say it's like really popular for people to pick those out, but I do agree with Dago. I think this is a pretty good spot uh, for this game to shoot out here. And I mean, 42 and a half, still available at FanDuel, 43 in other spots. I think still, I mean, it's really, really low for like, I mean, even like 45 seems low here. So you can tease it down beyond 38 even and add it to the 49ers if you want a little two team teaser as well. And you'll probably get there. I, I think totals are super. That's fishy. I like I like good fishy shit. That's I mean we have some teasers coming later. So yes, we got we got some good shit. Yeah, I mean I, I can I can get there, and I think part of it for me is your conviction because it was a play for you so early in the week, and you had it right away. That I feel really good about it because of that, and I can see it too. Right? There's just even though these offenses are can be limited, um, the defenses are pretty terrible too. Both really kind of lacking pass rush. Um, quarterbacks that don't play well under pressure, but probably won't be under pressure. So um, I can get there. Derrick Henry is one that's, you know, in the prop markets is interesting to me this week, but you know, a different show for a different day, but uh, I mean, the problem is like the Titans can't run the ball, right? Like their offensive line is so bad. They can't get there. They're throwing this dude finally though. That's bingo. 23% target share the past two weeks. His six and five targets match his previous career highs. Um, And it's been consistent. So like they are clearly feeding him the ball because they don't have anywhere else to go except Robert Woods, who also like in DFS this week. Another another show though. Uh, And yeah, just the fact that he has become their second receiver. Like there's going to be some big plays across the board in this game throughout. All right. Akon, do you have anything there? No, there was uh, two comments here. Scary Terry week and Logan Thomas week. Yeah, we got to keep 
We got to keep Scary Terry Week down. He's going to get steamed in DFS. We can't be talking about him. Yeah. Um, definitely but, Logan Thomas week. Yeah, it's Logan Thomas season. Shout out to Steve. <laughs> All right. Uh, first play for me, I'm going to take under 24.5 on the Rams team total here. Uh, this is still out there, available. Uh, at least it was as of an hour ago. I'm going to refresh my totals. But um, it was out there 23.5, 24s. But I think the 24.5 is important. We look at uh, distribution of scores like 23, 24 are, are fairly common. So getting the 24 and a half really basically buys you to 27, basically 25, 26 are pretty dead numbers. But um, yeah, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment to the Ram struggles on Monday night. Cause obviously that was a, a bad look in prime time. They allowed 27 pressures against the 49ers again, which is an elite defense, the best in the league right now. Um, regardless of really any stats you look at. But this Cowboys defense gets a ton of pressure too. They're generating the third highest pressure rate in the league. Um, They're a bit of a run funnel right now. They're fifth in Football Outsiders past DVOA, 25th against the run. But the Rams can't generate anything on the ground. Uh, 30th in rushing yards per game, 29th in explosive run rate. Like the offensive line is a a problem. It's a very one-dimensional offense, uh, Cooper Cup, and he's tremendous but it's just not enough to get it done. And I kind of, I like seeing what we're seeing from Dallas this year. They're playing a little bit more zone. They're not playing like, you know, even Diggs is not really playing that high risk, high reward stuff that he was playing last year. And they're playing very good when they're in zone too. So uh, Rams have fallen short of their team total in three or four games by an average of 7.4 points on the season. So I like to fall short again here at 24 and a half. If you can still get it. It's interesting because, I think that both of these teams, like kind of what they want to do or what they've been good at so far, I'm not really sure that they're going to be too successful at it. Uh, and so I guess one of those things here would be like the, the Dallas defense, you know, is susceptible to explosive runs right now, 32nd explosive run rate, right? But like, do Akers and Henderson have enough explosiveness to like really exploit that as an edge? I don't think so. And so, you know, but I mean, again, I think the Rams offense is a little bit lost in general. So, but on the other side too, it's like Dallas's offense who, uh, you know, I think can really function well with like, I mean, a good running game. Cooper Rush has played really well, but now the Rams defense first in run defense EPA, um, but 31st in pressure rate so far. So I don't know. I think that I go back and forth a little bit. Could be a sneaky under game. I mean, it's like 49 point total, 48 and a half. So I think that I lean towards the under there, but yeah, I think, I think the, the Rams under here is probably a good look. I don't blame Akers and Henderson. It's the offensive line can't create any holes right. for either of them, but The fact is that the Rams' offense altogether is broken. Five of Stafford's six interceptions this year have come from a clean pocket. He's not even getting pressured. It's literally just because he's been awful this season. And so can they fix that given the extra time? Maybe, but that's what... That's really what it comes down to is they have to figure something else out, especially because their second receiver, Tyler Higby, with a 24% target share, has a three-depth target. Like That's why Stafford leads the league in completion rate under pressure because he literally just dumps it off to the least explosive player on the field, thus they don't move the chain. So there's a lot of issues right now with the Rams' offense altogether. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. So I... You know, like the spot again, like I feel like long term, maybe they can get it together, but like I don't know, the offensive line is a problem. I just don't think they can on a short week here. So, again, while you know, I do feel that it's a little bit reactionary, I just think that we're getting in the right side of the number for this play. So, uh, I like it still available out there. Rams under 24 and a half. So, Connor, pick two. All right, my second pick here, 
And I think this goes along with uh, Daigle's here a little bit, but Houston Texans under 17 and a half points on the team total here. Uh, I mean, if we look at how they've done so far and how the Jaguars defense has played, Jags defense, despite playing three of their first four games on the road, have looked really good. Fifth in EPA, fifth against the pass, sixth in DVOA, even when adjusting for their opponents, and second in play success rate allowed. So on a play-to-play basis, they've also been very good. On the other side, Houston, 30th offensively in both EPA and DVOA, 30th in pressure rate allowed. What I think is pretty key here, too, is Jacksonville right now, eighth in pressure rate, top 10 in blitz rate. Davis Mills so far against the blitz, bottom six in EPA against the blitz. Uh, and so I think that that's going to be a pretty pretty tough thing for them to get over here against the Jacksonville defense that I think has played extremely well. So getting this on the right side of 17 and a half, like I could see, you know, the Texans scoring 17, 14, 13, kind of in that range. But I think for them to get to 20 in this spot against one of the better defenses they've played so far uh, would be pretty surprising. So I, I like the team total under here. It's just two teams going opposite directions. We already got the Levy Smith comments on saying Le- Davis Mills is our starter, which means he's only a starter for a couple more games. He's definitely getting benched with how bad he's been this year. Four picks in his last two games, four fumbles on the season. Meanwhile, the Jaguars team that is going overlooked, remember, had a 14 nothing lead against the Eagles in the first half last week. And... Trevor Lawrence fumbled four times. He lost all four. Complete luck that didn't go in their way. So it's just easily buying low on the Jaguars that honestly could have competed with the best team in the NFC throughout last week if it wasn't for fumble luck. Yeah, I agree. I like the spot. I think that that works really well, and I think it does lead uh, right into your pick there, JD. And for all those reasons I gave so we can make this quick, (laughs) I'm obviously betting the Jaguars minus seven. Uh, they should be getting the hook here because they can probably easily cover by double-digit points given that this Texans offense is a complete mess. The only explosive player they have is Damian Pierce, but also he's still not their guy in negative game script. They can easily just eliminate him by going up by 10 points quickly, and then it'll be Rex Burkhead time. So definitely on the Jaguars, wherever you can get the seven. You get a seven at plus money, uh, basically even, plus 100 at Caesars. Uh, mm. They are just a really nice luck. like it so, a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the really kind of off market. It's pretty much flat seven minus one ten everywhere, other than points bet who does hang those one oh sevens, which is nice. So, yeah, like that look quite a bit. And I think Connor's on the right side too, playing around the key numbers at uh, seventeen and a half. Because yeah, lot to be desired with with Davis Mills' quarterback play. And again, sneaky defense. Yeah, elite pass rush. Um, a duo of of really good linebackers. So yeah, I like this play. I like those plays quite a bit. All right, next one for me is going to transition into Connor. So we're, we're tag teaming here. I'm going to take the Eagles team total over 27. Uh, this is available still, I believe, on FanDuel. Look, I don't like to be on the, the wrong side of Clark. Uh, Boy Sharp Clark is really good. I respect his process. Um, I don't see any redeeming qualities in this Cardinals offense, and I think that they can get absolutely boat raced here. They're 29th in defensive DVOA. They are allowing the third most points per drive, third highest success rate through four weeks. I've talked about this a lot. I think success rate early in the season matters a ton because we're dealing with such small samples. So the volatility that can come and how EPA is fed by big plays and touchdowns and stuff like that. Like I think success rate is going to give you a little bit more of an indicator of, of who this team is. And the Eagles have been tremendous. They are top five in offensive DVOA, EPA per play, success rate, points per game. Um, they're deep. They can beat you in a number of ways. We've seen them really only have to play full throttle for like two to three quarters. Sometimes they're really, we haven't even seen, you know, ceiling games from this offense because they really haven't had to get there. So 
I think even though they're considered a run-centric team, I think they can make splash plays against the secondary that is terrible. Uh, they're actually third in explosive pass rate on the season. Cardinals defense allowing the highest rate of explosive pass plays in the league. Um, PFF has graded 105 corners in the league so far this season based off of a 50% snap share. Um, Byron Murphy's at 49. The other two guys that are playing the majority of the snaps are 101 and 103. Um, this is a terrible secondary that blitzes a ton because they have to try to generate pressure because they can't beat you anywhere else. Um, but they're not like a top pressure team. And technically Jalen hurts has zero turnover worthy plays under blitz under pressure so far this season, according to PFF. So like it's gone really well when he's been pressured again, his completion percentage isn't great, but like, it's just not a way to beat them. I think Devonte Smith crushes AJ Brown crushes. If they want to continue to feed Miles Sanders, he does too. I think getting the 27 is important. There's some 27 and a half out there. Again, I think they probably get to 30, but I think I want, you want to be you know, responsible around the key numbers here. So with 27 makes a ton of sense. So I love the Eagles here. And I know you do too, Connor. Yeah. I mean, just to, to tag onto that there, you, I mean, you gave all the matchup notes that I had, but in terms of what I like here, I took Philly minus three in the first half. Uh, and part of this has to do with these two teams, just like being polar opposites in how they start games. So Philly right now leads the league in first half points per game at 23 offensively, Arizona dead last first half points per game, scoring four points per game. Uh, defensively, Arizona allowing the most points per game in the first half at 16 and a half, while Philly holding opponents to eighth fewest points in the first half. And so, I mean, normally like one to two weeks, I'm not going to really look at that stuff. Like I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, they started flat one or two games. I mean, Arizona started flat four straight games and Philly, Philly, you know, has gotten it going in the second quarter, but still like it's been enough for them to score tons of points here And Arizona for the last four games have been down by seven, seven, 20 and 16 points going into halftime for the first half. So minus three, it's at Caesars right now. Uh, I like that a lot. And I think that they're probably the right side in the whole game, but with just like some of the stuff that we've seen with like the Detroit game and, you know, I mean, the Jaguars, you know, like the, these teams like kind of battle back and are able to go the whole distance. So I, I think that it's, for me, I'd probably rather stick to the first half or your look with the team total over. And if Arizona can, I mean, this game could go off if Arizona could keep pace with them, but. That's the thing. We don't know whether Arizona can hang. I think they can. I actually kind of think they're live dogs in this game because Philadelphia's defense hasn't seen anything like Arizona's offense. Like they've only played sloth statues and Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so like they haven't seen a Kyler Murray run around yet. And so I think it could probably give them fits. That's why you know, another show, but now that we're in week five, all of the information is starting to blend. It's just a matter of how we use it for fantasy, for betting. You just have to sift it appropriately. And that's why I keep coming back to Jalen Hurts and DFS as well, because it only comes down to whether the Cardinals hang around. And as Sharp Football's Rich Rebar noted, Jalen Hurts doesn't have a rushing or passing TD in the second half, because like, that's how good the Eagles have been, because they've played a bunch of nobody. So, if the Cardinals hang around, and I think they can, that's when this game goes nuts and goes over the total. And so, yeah, I, I think this game is actually pretty interesting. Well, we can still get there 27 and a half in your scenario. Absolutely. I, just, I just don't think that the Cardinals are... Maybe not. Know. It's it's a combination of 
play calling and injuries. Like the blame goes to everyone. It's not just one thing. And everyone says like they need DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre Hopkins put up career lows in every metric last year. So I don't know how he really helps it all either. Uh, we have to also see about Rondell Moore, who was added to the injury report, of course, because I dropped Greg Dorch in every league this week since Rondell Moore was back. But overall, like I, I do really think the Cardinals can sneak around and hang here. I think it'd have to be a backdoor, to be honest, because I just maybe so. Yeah, I mean, I still agree though with with Connor because I, I think it's the right side. I just, I just haven't been impressed. I, they've been tough to watch. I mean, I, I just think it's you could see it early. Like it's just a lot of the horizontal raid stuff. It's a lot of like turn Zach Ertz finds a soft spot in the zone six yards and turns around and falls down. Um, you know, they they don't really have anything that makes you scared. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I just can't see them slowing them down. So hopefully, I mean, if they, I'd love to see a ceiling performance from this Eagles offense because we haven't been forced to really see it yet right because even the, the Detroit game Detroit all they did all that late and came back right so I don't know I feel I feel like they can hang a pretty crooked number here Cliff Kingsbury scripted plays have just been an outright disaster so far I mean I'd love to go back and watch exactly I mean it's it's usually the first like two drives around 14 15 plays and I mean I think that partially feeds into their league bottom four points per game in the first half I mean i I don't know what else you attribute it to. There's no way that a team can physically be that flat every single week, like, you know, week in, week out. But somehow Kyler pulls the back or at least tries to and does his best every week. So, yeah, I'd love to see it too. I'm just not sure we get there. And if we do, I think it'll probably be in the second half. James Conner's been a disappointment. Yeah, I just, I don't know what the season is. Up, right? Yeah, he really offensive line up. was banged up too. Yeah. Everyone which which offensive line is again? If you look at their injury report, I think four or five starters are on the injury report right now. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Hassan Reddick can make a difference here. We, just, I think we this Philly defense is better than what they've shown us this far. So we'll uh, we'll have to get there. Uh, JD, your last pick. You talk about a few lines being off. Uh, if the Jets don't win last week. Are the Dolphins five, six-point favorites in this matchup, and instead we're getting them at only three? I don't know what's going on. Uh, Zach Wilson was putrid last week, 50% completion rate, two interceptions. The Jets needed the last drive to beat a team, even though they got three interceptions from that team. Like, What are we doing here? And so the Dolphins, now with 10 days to outcoach Robert Sala with a backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater's the better quarterback. The Dolphins are outright by a mile the better team here. I don't know why this is a three-point number because the drop-off from Tua to Teddy isn't that much. So especially in a McDaniel scheme where Teddy Bridgewater off the bench last week completed 80% of his passes within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. He's just doing the same thing Tua is in playing to the system and hitting crossing routes for yards after the catch. I am monitoring Tyreek Hill's injury. He popped up on the injury report Thursday. That would be massive if he just happened to be at 75%. But overall, three is crazy to get that number here. As someone who watched too much of the Jets Steelers uh, live last week, sweating out that Jets team total under, like it was fluky too. Like they were dropped picks. There was like the fumbled snap out of bounds that they like they said he got it to the line, but it was totally uh, it was that that was a tilting loss on the Jets under last week. So yeah, I mean, I was I'm going to you. bet this at three and a half until I saw FanDuel still at three, so I got the three. But I was going to actually go bet this at three and a half. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, three everywhere for the most part. Uh, you can get, a, again, you can get a plus three 
at plus 100. I'm sorry, a minus three. No, I'm sorry, you're on the wrong side. Yeah, so that's points bet. Never mind. So yeah, minus 110 still out there on DraftKings. So yeah, Connor, any thoughts on this one? No, I think that I, I think that it should be probably three and a half to Daigle's point. But I mean, the only issue is like it's on the road. Uh, I mean, that's like some, that's just like why the number is the way it is, you know, like you're right to the point that it should probably be like five or six, you know, but that the only reason is they're on the road here. Um, but we're not really doing three points anymore for home. No, it's like, we're like one and a half, right? Yeah, like at this point. Some spots. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think the dolphins are a better team and, and to Daigle's point about McDaniel, I think McDaniel is awesome. Like, I mean, everything that we've seen so far has been great. So how well can Teddy execute that? I think probably can pretty well. So, and Zach Wilson, I mean, it's literally at this point, a, he sucks until he proves otherwise. Uh, and I think that's more than the case here. What about the dolphins injury report, Daigle? Do you have any takes on that? Because it seems like, uh, I mean, Xavier Howard didn't practice today again. I mean, it's, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I like their defense has not really played particularly well. Their run defense has, but their pass defense has not played all that well uh, outside but of because they've been injured. But the way they play cover one and zone blitz, like those are the two things that Zach Wilson has sucked at throughout his entire career. They're even going their to face off. Even going back to last year, Zach Wilson's completion rate against cover one of the blitz were some of some uh I believe they were bottom five in the league. I'd have to look it up real quick. But yeah, so it just it just fits well with the system they run against him. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's worth looking at the injury report, but uh, yeah, they'll blitz their face off and you know have to have some more miracle type plays like he did last week to get him there. So yeah, I think three is is a good look. Um, last one that I had to finish this up was a another Wong teaser that uh, we lost last week's by a point, uh, missed extra point by uh, Brandon McManus, uh, kept us out of the winning circle there, which is kind of feels like the season. Uh, in a nutshell, but uh, we're gonna pivot because I had the Buccaneers in this. And this Buccaneers game has gone from eight and a half, which I could have teased down to two and a half. That's now out to like 10 and probably climbing. And I think we all agree that the Buccaneers just the Falcons is that's not a real NFL offense. It's been cool that they've been able to do it so far this season, but like you can't get away with seven completions against uh, a Tampa Bay team that's getting healthy and get everything right. I think Tampa Bay. That line movement makes sense to me. So I'm going to pivot off of my Packers, who I also think steamroll a Giants team without a quarterback, um, and and Bucks, and go to the Patriots. I'm going to take the Pats minus three at home against the Lions. Um, look, I don't really care if it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, to be honest. I prefer that it's Mac Jones. I would think that it's probably going to be Bailey Zappi, to be honest, because, I mean, again, that was looked like a pretty severe high ankle sprain. I know Mac got in some limited work today. Uh, Brian Hoyer on the IR, so it's clearly Zappy at this point. I just think they're going to be able to run all over Detroit, who is you know leaving the confines of the dome environments that they've been playing in so far this season. They're getting outside, and New England is just going to run and run and run. And when you kind of look at – I mean, Detroit's defense doesn't do anything well, but they are really, really bad at stopping the run, actually. I think like from an EPA standpoint, I think they're just as bad against the pass as they are the run. Dead last in EPA – uh, against the rush 31st against the pass massive rate of explosive plays it's a terrible team so new england's going to lean on what they do well they're going to manage bailey zappy here uh, you know allow him to what they'll let jeffrey okuda shadow Devonte parker they'll make some plays wherever they have to to move the ball but i think also we have a new england defense that's playing pretty well i think better than we thought and is getting healthy too kyle duggar's back and probably sees his snaps return that's a nice matchup someone that can you know isolate uh, Hawkinson, who's probably in a spot to perform well again because you're going to have 
no Amara St. Brown, which is part of the handicap here. I think they're a very different team without him. I know it didn't look that way against Seattle, but Seattle's like other than the Lions and the Cardinals is probably a bot to bottom three defense in the league. So I think they're going to be able to do what they want. And you get Belichick against Jared Goff. They'll mix up a bunch of cover zeros, blitz him, make him make some decisions quickly. And I think that that's a problem. So I think it's a good spot for New England. I think this is probably an underspot too, which we haven't seen at all for the Lions this season. But New England at three, when there's some three and a halfs out there, I think is the right side. Remember when we bet the Dolphins in week one over the Patriots and said that the Patriots just have size. They have literally no one who can match the speed of both receivers. So it just makes sense. The Dolphins explode all over them. Whereas it's the opposite against the Lions because without Amon Ross St. Brown looking like he's definitely not going to play this week, high ankle sprain is usually a multi-week absence anyhow. The Lions still also don't have anyone who's explosive enough or fast enough that can match the Patriots' size. Uh, if you're trying to outgrind them with Jamal Williams, the Patriots' front seven is the type of defense that can match you and don't let you push them around. So, yeah, I actually think it's a pretty good matchup for the Patriots. Connor, what do you think, buddy? No, I, I agree. I, I'd lean that way. It's For me, it's a little bit of a stay away, but I think that that's probably the right side. It's Bailey uh, Zappi, right? No one's, like, thrilled to, yeah. you know – Way money but, but Vegas knows it's Bailey Zappi and the Patriots are still favorites. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. And there's yeah. still three and a halfs. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna ch- it's gonna change much if at all. I mean, we got what three and a half now, it's Bailey Zappi. But I mean, I, I didn't watch much Bailey Zappi, but I, I thought it was pretty crazy. I mean, literally the all time college football passing leader, like which is, He's which a, is wild. He he was uh, a one I mean, read, it was it was a bullshit college scheme. Don't buy like, into it. 59, I mean, 5,900 yards in a single season. My God, I need to go back and watch this guy. Literally. No, you don't. Trust me. No, you don't. <laughs> He's slugging around a little bit in, in the preseason too. Again, I'm not saying this is a future or anything. Um, it's a future backup who is, you know, living his best life right now. But uh, the yeah, uh, I mean, the delay of game throw touchdown to Devontae Parker still has me tilting that busted, you know, multiple bets of ours, uh, which, which sucks. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he's, he can do what they're asking of him is the point, I think, which is probably fun, what they need in this game. Yeah. Again, thinking that he, he, he had a week of preparation, knowing he's probably the starter, or at least he's getting starter reps versus being thrust into action on the road in Green Bay against a significantly harder defense. Again, they are not going to ask him to do a lot here. They don't ask Mac Jones to do a lot in a given week, right? They're going to lean on Harris. They're going to lean on Ramondre. And just kind of, again, hopefully can win first and second down, make third down shorter for him, and then just maybe even run it again, to be honest, um, and just try to slow this place, this, this game down, win with the running game and defense. Belichick would be happy to muck it up uh, and then just confuse Goff whenever he has the chance. Yeah, I mean, you I didn't, did, go for it. You didn't have a Devontae Parker bet again in the Discord, did you, this week? No, 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 no. Good. Okay. I, I can't. I can't do that this week. This dude is. Uh, this dude is literally out there for every single route. Like, leave him alone. Like, he's, he's fine. <laughs> no, Jacoby Myers. He's doing nothing but earning targets, and you're trying to bet against him. Just leave him alone. I still won the bet, but it was it was a little bit too close for comfort. It shouldn't have even counted. Um, the what's interesting and something that I get like worried about with these back quarterbacks is like when the Patriots like if they get punched in the mouth, say Detroit goes up 10-0, like are they capable of coming back? And I think that in most scenarios, no, but since the Detroit Lions defense is so bad that like they can have a functional offense, even down 10, down 14, just running the ball and still being fine. Like, and, and then maybe a little couple of play action here. So I think that the answer to that is normally no, but in this scenario it's, it's yes. So it's like that range of outcomes, if that happens is okay. 
we've seen enough to know that the Lions and the Seahawks defense elevate everyone. It doesn't matter who they're playing, Bailey Zappi or not. Um, Andy Dalton is going to go over 300 yards this week because, like, the Seahawks defense is so piss poor. It's bad. It's really true. So, yeah, I like that look. Again, there's a three at uh, minus 107 out there on points bet. Um, there's a couple others out there in the market as well. So um, Caesar's still hanging the three. Pat River's still hanging the three as well. So, yeah, I think it's probably a pretty good spot for the Pats. Again, if this is, you know, um, they're playing any better, Amon Ra's here. This is probably, you know, Amon Ra's not moving at three points, but this is probably close to a pick down at like, you know, one and a half. And then this is a no bet for me because I do think he is a an absolute difference maker and someone that would be really hard to account for. He's been tremendous. She leads the league in yards per target or yards per route run against man. New England plays a uh, fairly decent amount of man. And uh, I think that's going to cause problems for golf too, which we've seen. So New England's the side. So, uh, all right, fellas, good stuff. Nice clean show, 47 minutes of time for anyone to get in their Thursday night football bets at the top. You can scroll back on YouTube and check that out. Again, if you're listening in podcast form, we do it on YouTube live on Thursdays. So you can hang out with us in the chat. Let us know what you think. Otherwise, you're just getting the games uh, that we're talking about here for Sunday. So good stuff as always, gents. Uh, Daigle, what do you got coming out this week? We are hoping for a Mo Alley Cox anytime touchdown tonight. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my DFS plays that I've hinted at throughout the show. That column will be out Friday afternoon, plus DFS MVP, don't forget, goes live every Friday afternoon once injury reports are out at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, if interested in listening to that. Love it. Connor, what's going on with you? Prop article, social media, trying to figure out how to, you know, relate more to the Gen Zs and, and you know, uh, up, upgrade our TikTok game. And, uh, you know, so that, that's basically what I would say 80% of my life has been is trying to figure out how to grow our audience and, you know, relate more to kids. So, oh. Uh, yeah. Crushing as always. All you're going to do is just cut, you know, vertical videos of Daigle. Uh, and that's, that's basically what majority of our Instagram and, and TikTok is. Right? The yelling on every show. The Daigle yelling show uh, clips actually work by far the best. We had one not even for 18,000 views on TikTok the other day, uh, yesterday. It was awesome. Well, about, about what? What take? It was the Latavius Murray or Mike Boone one. And I wasn't even yelling. That was a proper take. That was like was an a, analytical take. It was a good take. No, I, I, you know, I'm in the mentions, you know, fighting off the losers and the haters. You know, don't worry. I got oh, her back always. No, Come don't do it. Cause. Because, like, no, I'm right about Najee Harris. Like, we don't need to fight off anyone. Let them play or trade low for Najee Harris. Let's see how far they get. It, it's good, though, because it gets them mad, and then they come back. And then, you know, I'll, I'll probably start adding some of them on the original Najee Harris one. You know, get get the old takes exposed going on TikTok, which I, I don't a, think exists, but it's a good time. I need, a, I need a take right now, actually, to clip off about how the Ravens aren't blitzing this, this year, and thus the Bengals are just going to move to two and three. We need that take. Mm, okay. Oh, oh. Spicy. You got the you got platform right here. No, that's okay. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not battling. We're forty Bengals fan against. Just just know the toughest part of the schedule is coming up. Good luck. Yeah, for sure. All right, good stuff as always. So remember, uh, MVP DFS MVP on Friday evening. Uh, Connor and I will be back again Friday, two p.m. Eastern, here on YouTube for the Prop Drop Show with Mayo. Appreciate that again. If you're hanging out with us, it means a lot. We leave you in the chat. The likes. They mean a ton. Subscribe so you don't miss your show. It helps us out a lot, more than you think. So please do that. Um, thank you, as always. So for Connor and Dick Lumbrine, we'll see you all next time. Yeah.